Well, hey everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the podcast. Uh, you may have noticed a trend if you've listened to the last few episodes where I've actually been uploading conversations I've had where I've had the pleasure of appearing as a guest on other people's podcasts. This one is no exception. What you are going to hear is a conversation I had with the Moliner Music Podcast with co-host Arbor Avenue. Uh, Carlos and Peyton are the hosts, and it was an absolute pleasure to be part of this conversation. We talked about all of the different tools that are available, uh, what it's been like during the pandemic for a lot of artists, and just a fun general conversation. So please enjoy this episode where we're going to now jump and you're going to hear the conversation from the Molyneux podcast, and I'll see you at the end of this. Enjoy. Oh. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey. hey, how you doing? Good. Good. How are you? How are you? Oh, nice. Good. So we have Carlos and Arbor Peyton. Avenue. Peyton. Yeah, Peyton. Yeah. Peyton. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It's a gloomy day in San Diego today, yeah? I was, oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> we were just talking about the weather. I mean, usually it's super sunny. Last Yesterday was really nice. It was really nice. But today was just today's just a gloom. Are you both based local as well? No, no, I'm actually in Indiana. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we're we're the both we're both San Diego, but I mean I just couldn't believe when I saw like you were giving a actually you were giving a talk, was it on Friday? Uh, that you actually put a live on it on Instagram. Was it on Friday or Thursday? um yeah i i ran that on friday i'll be honest yeah. it was actually recorded a few weeks earlier but oh, okay okay i was like if i run it as a live i can watch the chat and talk to people during it yeah okay um, no that's good oh, cool. but yeah, yeah that was cool it was an event i did in san diego in downtown so um yeah fortunately they recorded it and it was nice to be able to share it yeah it's yeah cool man Man, well, first of all, thank you, thank you for taking the time. Uh, we we um, got to got to know about you through Stereo Fox's uh, Evo, and we were like, we we should have we should have Mike, we should have him, like just talk about music and talk about you know playlisting, because as you know, uh, we are like we focus a lot of on on lo-fi music and instrumental music, so most of the what what would we like to talk about is lo-fi. So we were like. Let's talk to this guy about like getting to playlists within lo-fi and like just get to know you and get to know your book, which is I I'm seeing the cover uh in the back of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I mean for, for those who don't know about you, like would, uh, how, uh can you tell us a little about yourself? Like like how did you start in the music industry? I know that you have a DJ duo, like all about that. Yeah, sure. And you know, firstly, thank you for having me on as well. Um yeah, every time I tell this story, I tell it differently, but I swear it, it is the same story. Okay. <laughs> uh, I started out as a music lover, and then as soon as I was old enough to DJ where I grew up in Australia, I knew I wanted to DJ, and I started going out and talking to people at local venues. I My very first start in a nightclub was actually handing out drink cards to people and just giving it to people I went to high school with and things like that. Obviously, we were all adults. Um, 18 yeah. in Australia is the legal age to go out and party. And um, 
it was easy because I'd just finished high school. I'm like, you want some drinks? You want to come party? Um, and then eventually I started to spend time on stage with the DJs and MCs watching what they do. And I realized I love this. I love the fact that when the next song plays, the the crowd reacts and, you know, you're, yeah, okay, you're, you're in control of the music, but it's so much more than that. People can have a good night or a terrible night based on what you play. Mm. And I knew that that's something I wanted to get into. So I did a DJ MC boot camp, <laughs> which sounds intense, but there were no push-ups or anything like that. It was just <laughs> a, it was in a five-star hotel and it was a Friday evening and a Saturday and a Sunday. And it was very, very nice and calm. But that gave me the basics I needed to learn beat matching, talking on a microphone and things like that. Um, as I realized I might move my microphone just a tiny bit closer. And from there, I I started DJing all around in my hometown and it got to the point where I played almost every venue. And that's not a brag. It, it's a small town. So I wanted to play in other states and cities. So I got into music production and did a crash course in electronic music production at SAE, the School of Audio Engineering. Mm -hmm. um, later, I would go back and do bachelors in audio production. But after that, um, started playing around the country and collaborating with producers that were a lot stronger than me so that we could some make something incredible instead of just something good. And, I like that. you know, fast forwarding, you know, because this story could go forever, but yeah. fast forwarding from that, we went independent. I moved to the United States with mm. my now wife. I still make music with my friends back in Australia. And as a result, of us going independent with our music, I documented the whole process, wrote a book, released two versions, two editions of that, mm -hmm. and an audio book. And I just, outside of my full time day job, I just love helping and sharing and giving back. You know, it just, it's information I wish I had access to when I first went independent. And yeah. so I just enjoy doing it, you know, and that's why we're here. Nice. So it sounds like like you you like you said you you started as a music lover, but I got a sense like like the business side of like the entrepreneurial side of you was really from the beginning. You started to talk to people, and got yourself into different positions where you were able to play music. No, yeah, you know it's one of those things. I never really looked at it that way, mm. um, but everything I've wanted to do in my career, I I started watching. And then I started asking if I could observe more closely. I asked yeah. lots of questions and then I just did it myself. So when I couldn't get DJ gigs booked at any venues, I would just go up to a venue and offer to play a gig and for my friend's birthday party. And mm -hmm. that would be a way in um, by basically showing them. And when I wanted to host a radio show um, in Australia, I realized the best way is record it be consistent. I just recorded episodes in my house, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes with a friend, sometimes by myself. And I just started emailing them to these local radio stations every week. And it got to the point that they went, we have a show now that we can air as, a, as opposed to me saying, Hey, I think I'd be good on a microphone hosting a radio show. Oh. I just, I just did it. Um, and you know, it's, that's kind of always been the way it was like, you know, Everything I've done since, I've had to just do myself independently. Um, obviously, people will help along the way, of course, but 
you know, it's it's one of those things I, I don't like waiting. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like like being curious, you no, know, and being being forward and being proactive and, and like you said, like how how do you do this or how can I do this and and being like in, in always in the search, you no? Know? Exactly. You know, yeah. and um you know, never stop asking all those questions. You know, it's I always encourage it because that's how I got to do all of these things and probably progress a lot quicker um, was just asking. Nice. Yeah. And how did, uh, did the idea of, of, of work hard, play this hard came about? I mean, uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like you know, that. Like, cause, cause I mean, it's, it's, it's a very direct title, <laughs> you know, I, 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 it just says what it is, you know, like you in the, I guess like there's no other book like that, you know, like, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting story. I mean, there's two parts. The first part is that where did work hard, playlist hard come from? And um, yeah. originally on Spotify, when I first signed up, just messing around, listening to music, um, you know, having some fun, I created an account and it came time that I wanted to change how I logged in. And they said, you need to change, you need to create a username. And I went, hmm. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd been saying this thing like, you know, work hard, playlist hard for a few weeks, just randomly messing around because I like puns and I like corny stuff like that and dad jokes. <laughs> and um, it, was the, it was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, that's my username because I'm going to put some playlists up on Spotify and share them and, you know, just do it for fun. You know, it's some of my own music I've worked on and music from other people I like and that was how the name came about. It yeah. was just a, a play on words. Um, I, at the time, it was just for me as a curator. It was just a way that people could find me on Spotify. Um, but then, yeah, you know, when it came time to sort of expand on that, initially it was there's people reaching out trying to find me to send me music. So I claim the domain name workhardplaylisthard.com and I just put up a submission form, you know, just very simple submission form so that I could manage it and all the submissions were routed into a Google a Google sheet. Mm. Um, and then as a result, people kept asking questions around that time and I started putting blog posts on there and I realized this feels much better. I feel that you know, putting up blog posts and short videos and things like that, I can help a lot more people than just listening to one person's track, placing it in a playlist that might get them a few listeners, which I know is still valuable. But yeah. Um, so then I, I made the decision to just shut that, stop doing the submission side um, and just focus on just making it helpful information instead, which to me felt much better. I mean, I still love listening to music and I still have playlists that when I hear a song I like, I put it in there. But, you know, I, I'm always straight up with people. I say, look, I I would prefer to use my time doing this um, and I don't get as much time to discover music as I would like. Um, so I had to shift the focus to just helping artists and putting out this information first and foremost. But that being said, you know, sometimes right time right place i hear something and you know obviously if i can help someone with their music in some way whether it's sending an email or telling someone else about it you know i'm, I'm always happy to do it 
And that's just really cool because there's a lot of information out there and it can be really difficult for artists who are starting and even for those who have been in the game for a long time to condense that information into a single source. You know, and I think that's what, for example, your blog did, and now your book does. That is, 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 is information that that it's all over the internet, but it's not as easy to look for or to search for. You know, it's just condensing a book. Yeah, that's that's good, man. I like that. I like that. Um, I guess one of the big questions that we wanted to ask you, because um, I've, I've I've watched a couple of your videos with other interviews and you, I, I listened to the YouTube video you have of the first 10 uh, first chapters of the book. And yep. I was I was listening to that and I, I thought, okay, I wanted to ask you how can a lo-fi producer or someone who does instrumental music as opposed to lyrics because i feel like there's a there's a big difference because um with lyrics you can connect more with your art with the, with an audience than with instrumental music how do you think a, a lo-fi producer could go about uh using and implementing um the, the strategies and the, the advices and tips and tricks you give out in your book yeah it's an interesting one and and i i just want to put it out there that um I personally love lo-fi. So if it sounds like I'm saying anything else about it, that is definitely not the case. Okay. But, sure. you know, some of the realities that I found with people that make lo-fi is that a lot of them appreciate being anonymous. They mm -hmm. appreciate yeah. not having to have all this time on social media, selfies of themselves eating and doing all of these things. It's all about the music. Um, but then the other side of that is that, and once again, you know, this may sound harsh, but that's not the intention. A lot of lo-fi music happens while people are passively listening. So, mm -hmm. you know, your music could be heard thousands of times a day around the world by people that don't know that you made it. Um, you know, they've just been doing homework or they've been relaxing or, you know, even some people meditate to lo-fi, you know, whatever it is. And um, that's hard to you know, it's hard to sort of um, stomach for some artists. They don't necessarily like that. Whereas mm -hmm. others say that's great as long as it's helping, as long as it's out there and it's being appreciated. I don't need people to know it was me and come back and find me. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, once they've accepted that that is what the majority of the audience will be, mm -hmm. they start to think differently about their approach for putting it out there. You know, it's no longer... I have to tell a long story about myself. It's more just maybe there's a story in this, you know, this song, even though it's an instrumental, you know, what kind of emotions, um, what kind of moods and activities would this complement? And, um, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of people that love to make lo-fi and they make all the beats originally themselves. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ones that just do it to put it out to try and capitalize and, and get on as many playlists as they can and there's no heart in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just want to say to the ones that are actually doing it and making, they love doing it, it does show and that's what's going to last for you. You're, you're going to be, it's going to be a slow grow, but it is going to be a long-term grow and people will appreciate and respect that. Um, whereas the other ones that just come in and drop a bunch of tracks really quickly that they just slap together um eventually they'll drop out and and that will show so 
Um, if anyone is getting disheartened out there, don't because you will get noticed. Um, you know, I've spoken with friends at a number of popular labels and brands, you know, like uh, Bus at Chill Hop. And, you know, the conversation was all about how talented these producers are leaning towards in-person workshops, tutorials. Um, you know, they even opened up a, ca um, a cafe. Um, you know, and there's a whole community around it as well. So it's it's really inspiring because other genres, you know, are very different, whereas it feels like if you're truly in this for the love, there is a lot of support there and no one's really competing with you either. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just in conversations I've had, people have been so open and transparent about success they've had with playlists um how they pitched um who who they sent it to and you know they're just all helping each other out whereas in other genres you know if we talk pop music it's very very you know it's it's the opposite for yeah. a lot of people it's hey i can't give you my contact because i don't want too many people sending them music um you know and that's not to generalize everyone in pop but um yeah you know lo-fi very close to my heart um and you know it's funny a lot of people wouldn't say it's their favorite genre but the reality is for a lot of people it's probably their most listened to genre mm -hmm. when they look at their end yeah. of year playlists it's like damn i've been listening to this this track um 50 times this year and that's when they they find out who made it as well yeah in the in the spotify wrapped you know at yep. the end of the year yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> Yeah, and actually, we we like you mentioned a lot of a lot of artists. They they like an, uh, to be anonymous, and that is very true in lo-fi. And uh, I guess those artists actually we've had this discussion in some of the podcasts. In so that many I, times, in so many times. Yeah, <laughs> but like, um, and then there are there are these artists who are just on on Spotify. They don't have a they don't have a bio, but for some reason they have millions of millions of monthly listeners and millions on the streams on, on each uh, on their first five songs, and um, and they and they keep themselves anonymous. I'm thinking they probably have some connection with some label that they just put them in the in in, in somewhere and they got the streams. Um, but yeah, and, and also we've had like a, a another I guess it was like the third guest in in the podcast that he and another person they just made a couple of beats. And they were, I mean, those beats, they were really good. They were really good. Uh, and they got into the lo-fi beats playlist, which is the the, the largest one, no? Yeah. And I we asked them, like, how did you get into it? And they just said, we just pitched it. And, and we were like, I, I was speechless because I, I thought it was like a strategy behind it or something like that. They, maybe they had connections with 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 labels or they had to have a certain amount of monthly listeners before that. So... It's always a mystery, and I don't know. Maybe you have some thoughts about it. Yeah. yeah. Before before that, sorry. No, <laughs> I think ahead. they they actually mentioned after they got into the lo-fi beats playlist the first time. I think that they started to cater, then um, cater to the song and what they were looking oh. for in the playlist, yeah. so that they you, you know could see if if that was something that they could get on once again. Mm. But that's still really cool that they're able to do that and like almost figure out that formula smart yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know um just to add on to that about the the pitch form you know th these stories if, if you actually ask 
more and you know if you ask artists within your own genre you'll find that these stories are really common um you know i've actually had conversations with artists where i'll you know i'd survey the room and i'd say who released a song in the last six months you know out of everyone that put their hands up who filled out the spotify pitch form at least at least two weeks before the release and less than half you know sometimes a quarter of those people actually did it and you know that made me realize that not it's either people don't understand the potential opportunities from that or you know they they forget or one of many other reasons and i'm like you know it's it's one of the biggest opportunities there and i don't want people to get disheartened because they pitched one or two songs and they didn't get a playlist as a result um you know there's a lot of other things that can happen from filling out the spotify pitch form in particular that you know aren't just about getting on lo-fi beats you know after your song comes out you know i'll be honest with my own music it's not lo-fi um you know a lot of it is more like uh chilled dance music if you will but we would always pitch every track um out of those we've land out of the 42 tracks that we've released so far we've had 19 editorial playlist ads mm. um some of them are multiples for the same track which happened over time sometimes six months later sometimes one year later but out of all of those ads we've had more streams from discover weekly than all of those editorial playlist ads combined and discover weekly happens naturally after your music has come out sometimes three months later sometimes one year sometimes even longer mm -hmm. and you know that's something that i want artists to understand is these forms aren't just hope something happens on release day it's so much more than that you know discover weekly is the biggest driver for us and you know that's not from one track that's i think it's 21 tracks now that have appeared in discover weekly for mm. people and it's reaching people that don't follow us necessarily as well mm -hmm. so it's almost one of the most powerful playlists if you will yeah. on spotify because it is personalized so you're reaching someone that listens to lo-fi a lot and you're not reaching someone that listens to another genre rarely listens to lo-fi mm -hmm. you know it's getting served to the right types of listeners um and then the other one just to add with these forms is if you submit at least seven days before release day it will go into release radar for all of your followers so whether it's 10 followers 500 1000 it's going into release radar it will reach some of those people so you know that is a playlist that you will see within that first week um by not doing this you're missing pretty much any opportunity on spotify um and the other thing as well is you know if you were in a position where somehow you had a contact you know if you're with a label labels have meetings with people at spotify it's no secret a number of distributors have meetings with people at spotify where they put forward priority tracks as well mm -hmm. and when they do that the very first question they would get from the spotify team is has this been submitted in spotify for artists mm -hmm. because they still need that information before they can actually do things with that song internally so you really are missing 
almost every opportunity um, by not filling out these forms. And, you know, just remember that it's not going to always lead to something big on day one, but in the long term, it will help you. And, you know, there's no cost involved. Uh, it's It takes less than five minutes. And I can guarantee you probably spent a lot longer creating that beat or that song. So take the time and do it. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a huge opportunity that you need the artists we need to be taking no taking into yeah. account yeah for sure Th that's for uh i guess editorial playlist uh but there are also um independent curators that have big playlists on spotify um i guess a difficult thing to do is to actually either dm them or email them or saying something to them to actually pitch your song what would you think it would be a value prop that you could have as an artist and uh, bring to the table for a curator so that not only they open your dm but also they take the time to read it say and say hey you know what i really like what he wrote it feels personalized or yeah what do you think it would be a value prop that you could bring to the to about to a curator yeah there's there's kind of two ways to attack it um the first one is let's say they're a curator, they're not an artist themselves. They just mm. curate a really good playlist. Um, I I always say the shorter the message, the more likely someone will respond because it's a quick message. It means quick response. Mm -hmm. um, so I would usually in my first message just politely ask them, I love your playlist. You know, I, I heard this artist on there and... I make similar music. I was wondering if you have a submission process that I can follow. And that way they know, okay, he's listened to the playlist, mentioned a few artists on there, said he has similar music, so I know why he's reaching out or I know why they're reaching out. Um, and, you know, asked if there's a process to follow as opposed to just dropping a bunch of links and a presser and a wave file and everything else um and you know most of the time that would go down really well i i very rarely ever had a negative or you know annoyed response from that outreach um so that would be great because a lot of people would say things like oh DM me on Instagram. I only curate on Saturday afternoons. Oh. So I'd put it in my calendar. I'd DM them at that time. Um, I would also follow them on Spotify. And in my activity feed of friends on the right-hand side, I would see when they're actively listening to different music. Hmm. And then I would know, oh, they're listening to music right now. Um, and that works for anyone that is publicly listening on Spotify that you follow, which is helpful. Um, and then you know other people would say email me some would say i use submit hub whatever it is i would just follow that and then i created a spreadsheet and i would just work through that um and then anytime someone would support i would go back to them first when i have a new track um if they have a blog i would let them know one week or two weeks in advance there's a new track coming out give them an opportunity to hear it first uh, mm -hmm. as a way of showing appreciation the other side of this is if that curator happens to be an artist themselves and they make music, um, most importantly, you have to like the music. You ideally love it. 
and it has to be a good fit in anything you curate. Um, if it is, I would actually place their song in my playlist and then my outreach would actually be me telling them the good news. So instead of asking them for anything, I would say, hey, your track, whatever it's called, is awesome. You know, I added it to this playlist and I just wanted to let you know. Here's a link if you want to check out the playlist and if you've got any other music, I'd love to hear it. And all of a sudden, you've completely reversed it. They're used to people asking them for things and you've just said, here's some good news. Uh, it goes down so well because they're either going to say thank you or they're not going to respond. Um, and that's led to some really good friendships, um, some really great opportunities, even some collaborations with those artists as a result. Um, not only that, but, you know, there's been times where maybe after it's happened a few times, a few more messages, they go, oh, you're an artist too. And they check out your music and, you know, they're more than happy to support you because someone has to do it to begin with. You know, mm -hmm. you have to support yeah. them or they have to support you. So I figured I don't like waiting. I'll go first. Um, no. Yeah. I, and it worked. And the, the thing that I found really inspiring was um, a friend of mine, um, and then not, not you, Carlos, but uh, uh, Carlos Cassani, um, he created uh, this massive independent playlist brand called Indie Mono. And they started, I think it was 2014, and they've remained independent the whole time. You know, they're still completely 100% independent. They have day jobs. They spend their weekends curating. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember he said to me one time that, you know, every time an artist reaches out and says thank you, it, it's such a big deal, you know, and not everyone actually does that and so just you know it sounds crazy to even say but manners um yeah. and things like that go a long way um not only that but just recognizing that the person you're reaching out to is a human being mm -hmm. um as opposed to just uh hey add this song to your playlist it's great you know it's like try to just show that Number one, the message has been personalized. Um, you've made a little bit of an effort to understand what they're into, what they're about. And, you know, just remember it's a human being at the other side. And a lot of these curators, they're not making any money from this. You know, mm. they have a day job. They, they probably make music themselves. So um, by just understanding that, um, you know, you it, it can go so far. And, you know, not only that, but, um you know there's a trust thing involved as well like if i you know with people that i know if every if i kept sending them music non-stop and there were songs that weren't the right fit or weren't mastered correctly or things like that eventually they would stop opening those emails from me yeah. um so you really need to think about that especially the first few times that you're giving them music you, you don't want to be saying Hey, here's a rough demo of a track that's coming out soon. You know, they don't have time to give you feedback. Most of them don't. Um, you know, whereas if it's the other way, here's a track mixed and mastered, ready. It's coming out in two weeks. Wanted you to hear it. That will go down so much better. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's some of the emails and DMs that people have taken a screenshot of and sent to me. Um, you know, I, 
I've used these as learning experiences for others and just sort of, obviously I block out all the details and I just say, look, this person, this is how they reached out. Here's how they could have done it better. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you know, sometimes I, I see people and they, they sit up until two o'clock in the morning and they're like, oh, I should send an email to some people right now with the song. And my argument is maybe you should just do something else and just sit down tomorrow, spend 30 minutes writing out some emails to some blogs, some curators that you think would be a really good fit for your music. You know, I, I've, I'm a strong believer that five or 10 emails that are personalized and clearly personalized will get you much better results and responses than 200 emails that you just blasted out to a mailing list. Um, you know, people do still appreciate that. And especially in these last few years with the pandemic, it's really been about that connection. You know, it's like, yeah, is, you don't know what that other person is going through right now. Um, so, you know, at the very least, just, just be patient and, um, try to try to show some appreciation for what they do and, and respect for the time that they may have to actually do that. For sure, because in, in social media, you only see that that side of their lives. You just see the pictures, the, the happy moments that people share or the accomplishments yeah. that people share, the stories with the funny jokes and stuff. But you don't see what is actually going in the back, you know, and then, you know, the whole week, like you said, these people have jobs. They probably had, uh, I don't know, like their boss yelling at them or something like that or whatever. I'm just making something up, but but something that they, that happened during their, their, their work week and you don't know this and you're coming up with a, with a you know, lifeless uh, message, just, just seeking your own benefit. So, and, and they can, people can tell even with text, you, you can tell the tone of the text uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels like, yeah, yeah like you, you said, it, you're very right. Like you have to realize that the other person is a human being. And sometimes we, we forget that, I guess it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have, you love, you have to love what you do. Otherwise you won't be in this, you won't be doing this for the rest of your life. And yeah. you, you don't, you, you know, you'd like to hope that you love or at least like and appreciate the people around you as well. And it goes both ways. I mean, um, you know, there was one time there was a, a curator and we'd only just started talking and, um, you know, I, I asked them, I, I just said straight up, look, I have something to send you, but I noticed I didn't get a response last time. I just wanted to make sure that, it's okay if I share music with you because I don't want to just keep yeah. coming into your inbox like this. Um, and they actually responded and said, you know, thank you so much for asking. My laptop actually broke yesterday. Um, smoke started coming out of it and I'm on oh, my nice. phone right now. and I, I can't do anything so that I haven't been checking emails. And I said, well, you know, and then I, the conversation became about that. And, yeah. um, yeah, you know, we, we kept talking. And then a few weeks later, I actually got a message saying, Hey, my laptop's fixed. Um, you know, what did you have for me? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, once again, it, it is a human on the other end and, and they do see this. And I always say, you know, if you were at a conference or an event or at the mall or something, would you run straight up to that person and be like, 
here's my track here's my track you know just like in their face like yeah. almost playing it at them or would would you say hey you know i appreciate what you do if you've got a few minutes i'd love to buy you a coffee and you know i i would try and build that relationship first because they already know that you've got a track you want to pitch them um you know i i feel like that is so much more important and yeah. um mm -hmm. you know could lead to a really good friendship as well um you know not everyone you know wants to make friends yeah. but at the very least they will respect you for for the way that you treated them and and the way you respected them as well yeah and and i also think that people who like to work and love what they do respect people who love what they do as well other people absolutely yeah. yeah i found that like for example uh, i have a family business and i found that in people that i've reached out to you know when they when they when they respond back to me when i just say something nice on on social media and they respond back to me and then they either send me a dm, DM say something else and we don't even talk about business we're just talking about what happened in that post it's like this is perfect i mean it's yeah. like i'm just going through the city and talking to the people in my industry you know and <laughs> And then you form something, and then later something happens. You know, later they say, "Hey, I thought about you," and um, can you do this or that? It can happen the same way in the mu in music. You know, like like they they remember your name. They I, I guess one of the our guests mentioned it that he he DMs twenty people, or he used to DM twenty people a day, just saying hi. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was one of those. Oh, you were one of those. Yeah, I was one. <laughs> I was one of those. Yeah yeah and now we're good friends and yeah and now, yeah and of course i mean yeah um i guess now that we're talking about social media how do you what, what do you think what are your thoughts on 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 TikTok? that is the new <laughs> the new thing yes. and um i, I saw i saw a, a, po a post on your uh, an episode on your podcast uh, about that and also like i guess it's a twofold two two questions in one um but the first one is like, what are your thoughts on social media and TikTok? And the second one would be like, is there a way or how would you go about transferring the followers you have on Spotify to your social media accounts? And not in a, or, not in a or vice versa too. Oh, vice versa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. vice versa, yeah. Not in a transactional way, like like lifeless way, but more like like, oh man, you're listening to my music. Check out my socials you know like i'm doing more if you want more of my of me in that sense you know yeah i mean general feelings about social media you know love it or terrified of it or <laughs> you know it, it takes up too much of your time uh it is important you know that being said i certainly am not going to be the person to say that an artist needs to be on social media all day every day posting multiple times a day um you know, I think it's important to just at the very least sign up on these platforms, claim your username, upload a photo, add a link to your website or your link tree or your smart link so that people can find you everywhere that you are and, sure. and vice versa. <clears throat> um, but then at that point, I would say work out what platform is best for you your comfort level how you like to share and then give more time to that you know so some artists decided you know i i like going live i like just hanging out talking to people playing some music you know opening a opening a session in ableton 
um, maybe play games and talk to people. And so they go live on socials, um, you know, whether it's Twitch or something else. And that's where they spend majority of their time. And what's cool about that is they actually get clips from that where something cool happens and they post them on their socials and that's their social media obligations done. Then there's other artists that prefer to just have photos. You know, usually there's an interest or a passion in photography. So Instagram makes sense for them. Um, you know, and then of course that leads us to TikTok, where, you know, what I always say is um I I am on TikTok, I post on there. I don't have the app installed on my phone because it's too addictive. Um so I have it on a tablet that I use when I have time and I'm looking for entertainment. Uh, but that's how that's how I manage it. And because I know it's powerful, I know that you have the potential to reach an endless number of people on the app, regardless of if they follow you or not. Mm -hmm. um, but more so just signing up and having an understanding of how it works. And the reason for that is there's a side where an artist creates a profile on TikTok, people can follow them and they become a personality and people enjoy learning more about them, you know, their sense of humor, you know, their creativity, whatever it is. Then there's the other side where music from the artist is distributed directly to TikTok the same way it's distributed to Spotify, Apple Music and everywhere else. Mm -hmm. And that music can be included in content that anyone can include a song from the artist when they're posting on TikTok. And what's really cool about that, especially for lo-fi artists, is that you know, there's a number of lo-fi producers um, that their music is going crazy on TikTok because it's the perfect music to have in the background when you're cooking, when you're talking, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and people are always looking for new music to include. Uh, and the best part is that you still can be anonymous if you choose. You know, mm. there's there's very rarely people that are going, oh, I need to seek out this artist and also follow them. They're just like, I need that song to use. Mm -hmm. um, and you do get paid when your music is used on TikTok. But the more exciting part for me is I go, okay, you get paid something. It's not much, but you're not paying to promote it either. So it's in a way it's free marketing where you get a few dollars out of it. That's great. And, um, you know, what I've found is that artists have seen their music do really well on TikTok. And then they've posted a video where they'll tell the story of how they made that song. And then people will start to get interested in them and then they'll start to follow them. At that point, you know, they're well, they're well on their way. They've got a following. They'll say, Hey everyone, I made a new track. Here's how I made it. And that, you know, whatever that looks like. And then make sure you follow me on Spotify if you want to hear it there. Um, but one thing I always say to artists is I say, if you're going to do that, do a separate post for each platform, you know, do a separate one the next day, you know, obviously different video, but do a separate one for Apple music, a separate one for Amazon, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, because that way there's potential that someone from that platform will see it. Um, and then, you know, the other way around with people on Spotify or other platforms trying to find you on social media, 
most of them, like I know Deezer and Spotify, definitely, you can add your social media links directly mm -hmm. into your artist page. So in Spotify for artists or um, Deezer for creators, you can actually go and add those social media links. So if people first discover you there, they can tap directly to your social media. Um, you know, and as we know, some artists are anonymous, but you can still have an Instagram account where you just post the artwork for each release. You know, at least you have something there um, and people will follow you there as well. But yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because, um, you know, we we have people that follow up. Some people follow on one platform, some people follow on another. And if TikTok were to disappear tomorrow, I know there's a number of artists that haven't converted that following over anywhere else. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they don't act quick on whatever takes over from TikTok, hy hypothetical, of course, um, they won't be able to retain that audience so you know this is one of those things where we say mailing lists are still extremely important you know um mm. and not only that but there's also sms um mm -hmm. products if you will mm -hmm. that uh, allow you to text people as well and um you know whatever it is just having a direct contact for those fans you know their, their cell number or their email it's becoming less and less likely people will change that now because we rely on it for logins on various websites and apps. You know, if you changed your cell phone number, you can't log into Uber Eats and everything. You need to create a new account. Uh, if you change your email address, you know, you can't log into most um, sites. So yeah. it's a, it's the most close to permanent way of contacting fans that you can have. Um, and it doesn't mean you need to be a newsletter master or an email wizard or whatever they say, yeah. you know, but you just need to be able to have that. So if one of these social media apps shuts down or if one of these music streaming apps shuts down, you can send an email and just say, hey, this shut down, but you can still find me here, here and here. Um, super important. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I'm on every platform possible right now for that exact reason and i claim my username as soon as a new platform launches and i always encourage artists to do the same and what i do you know this may be a little extreme but once per month i'll go into the app store on my phone and i'll look at the top 100 social media apps and if i see an app in the top 10 or the top 20 i haven't seen before i'll download it claim my username i may delete the app after that but at least I know that if that app takes off, like TikTok did, yeah. um, or you know other apps, then I've got that username and I can log back in, and um, you know I, I'm I'm ready. You know I have a presence in that app already, yeah. um, whether I use it right away or in two years from now. Because yeah, you never know, but you have your username claim. No one can use it, so you're ready. Yeah, you're giving exactly. me ideas. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and um, for an artist especially, you know, it, it can get to the point where other artists may start using your name, not knowing you exist. Um, if you've claimed that right. username on all platforms, they're going to see that and realize maybe we should use a slightly different name. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, there's actually, I can't remember the name of the website exactly, but I'm sure if you search for it, it's like social media 
username checker or something like that. And there's a lot of free tools on there where you type in the username and it will show you hundreds of social media sites and has it been taken or not. So hmm. if you're looking to change your artist name or create a new artist name, um, very quickly you can okay. see, oh, okay, it's available on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, et cetera. So yeah. I'm going to go with this username. And it will check Spotify and other apps as well, of course, for the actual artist name. That is super helpful. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now this is a question that I had s since, like, since I since I asked you to, like, if you wanted to be on a podcast, because I saw I saw an article or something. I read something. What do you think is the future of Amazon Music? Because I know that they they're coming big and they have they have money. I mean, they they I mean I guess Spotify is kind of losing money. I don't know how much can they afford to lose money, but I'm sure that Amazon is more is more it can afford to lose much more money than Spotify. So, what are your thoughts on on Amazon Music as a platform for streaming music? Yeah, you know what? It's um. Let, let's put Apple in the same basket. So okay. Apple and Amazon. You know, Apple have products. That's where they make their money. They're a trillion dollar company from yeah. products. Um. So they don't ever need to make money from their streaming services. It's just another thing that is attached to their products. Mm. Um. Amazon. You know, they have Audible. They have Amazon Prime. They have all all of this, and they they're bundling that. So they're providing you with all of these conveniences together. And Amazon Music is a nice bonus, absolutely. So, mm. um, but yeah, to answer your question about Amazon specifically, Amazon Music, what excites me is just Amazon Music for artists, which is their artist-facing tool, launched at the start of the pandemic in 2020, and it's you know two years old. Uh, more than two years old now, I should say. And in that time, they've rolled out so many features, uh, merch integrations, Twitch integrations, um, you know, all of these all of these tools relating to using your voice. And, um, you know, they launched a separate um, radio tool called Amp, which allows you to use millions of songs from their library, host your own live radio station, from your phone where anyone can call in and um mm. you know they're just providing all these things beyond just here's some playlists in an app that you can listen to they're yeah. creating these different experiences so you know personally every time i speak with someone that's on twitch i'll tell them have you connected your twitch profile to your artist profile on amazon music because if you go live on twitch it will go live within the amazon music app as well and you know um you're doubling your reach from the same stream and and then for artists that want to sell merch um you know obviously they can use whoever they choose but one mm -hmm. option is amazon have their own um, merch where it can be print and ship on demand so you upload your artist logo or you upload some artwork that you own the rights to and you can make it available on pop sockets t-shirts hoodies and you don't pay any upfront costs and anyone that clicks order it's printed from a warehouse nearby and shipped to their house sometimes the next day you know like i've got yeah. a shirt right now nice. i yeah i i put it on amazon because i was like i can't tell people about this unless i can show them that i did it um but 
once you've done that, you can connect it to your Amazon Music Artist profile so people can purchase your merch while they're listening to your music. Um, obviously, they already have an Amazon account, so it's a very quick one-click button to make that purchase, and it's mm. what, Amazon already knows where to ship it to. Um, <laughs> and now they're going in the direction of voice where, without saying too much, um, it's going to get to the point where a fan will talk to their smart speaker with that nice lady in the smart speaker whose name we won't say because <laughs> always yeah. listening, too many devices around. Uh -huh. But, you know, they'll say, hey, A, follow this artist. Um, it will get to the point where the artist, thanks to AI, will be able to talk back to that person, address them by name, and you'll be hearing the artist's voice talking to you. Um, and it could be them saying, thank you so much for buying that merch. It's coming Saturday morning. Or, you know, when you hear your notifications for the day, it could be, hey, just letting you know I'm playing in your city this, this weekend, uh, I'm playing at this venue on Saturday night. Uh, so, you know, it's something that I know a lot of people have asked for for a long time is the ability for artists to speak directly to their fans. And, um, you know, obviously we know that we're not going to get email addresses and things like that through these um apps because of you know restrictions and things like that with personal information but to be able to communicate directly to them with a message while they've just requested your music or while they're listening to your music is pretty cool um wow so that excites me yeah. um that is not really only cool. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I totally geek out on this. I'm sorry if I Oh it's fine. No, no we, we, that's we, the we, 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 I was just I was just gonna say that 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 it so it's true what Gary Vaynerchuk said is going to be voice integration all over the place in the future. Like it's just gonna be that. Exactly. And you know what's crazy is I hate is a very strong word, but I hate typing. I, I don't dislike <laughs> it. I hate it. My hands cramp up real quick. Okay. Um I know I put out two books. I actually did it using my voice. Um, so I mm. used dictation wow. uh, on my phone to notes, and then I would clean those up, and then eventually a nice editor went through and fixed it up even more. But sure. the books never would have come out if I had to type it all. Um, <laughs> I, and not only that, but after the book was out, when I recorded the audio book, it felt really natural because it was already spoken once and it was in my voice. Um, so it was a very quick process. Um, and, you know, that's the same with everything else that we do. I mean, with my phone, I talk to my phone as much as I can if I'm trying to play music or listen to a new podcast or send a message or even call someone. And, um, you know, the less time that we can stare at our screens unnecessarily, the better. Yeah. You know, like if there's something on the screen that is visually engaging, like TikTok or a movie, sure, of course, I'm going to stare at my screen. But mm -hmm. to just ask to hear a song, um, you know, it doesn't make sense to be tapping on a screen or typing in, in, in a window. So um, I definitely believe that voice is the future. And, you know, these smart speakers, I mean, there's multiple versions out there now. I mean, Spotify even created their own um device for your car called mm. car thing yep. and it's i have one and it's yeah. awesome yes yeah. exactly i love and it you can talk to spotify in your car you can. it's like <laughs> it's so, really um, cool. yeah. yeah voice for sure nice i mean what are we doing right now i i haven't 
I haven't touched anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's what is what we naturally do. We talk, I mean, instead of doing anything else, if you want to grab someone's attention, you wouldn't do anything other than talk to them. I mean, if, mm -hmm. if the internet wasn't, wasn't a thing, you know, but now that it is a thing, I guess we evolved that when we were talking about, um, not uh, that you didn't want to use the screen. I think the same way, but I was thinking about Steve Jobs, you know, the first time that he uh, announced the the, um, the iPhone and now it's going to be completely different. It's going to be all, all voice. So it's going to be almost like obsolete to have a screen, you know, <laughs> to touch and, and wow. Yeah, no, man, I, I really like that. I really like that we're going to, to into voice. And then the thing that you mentioned about uh, Twitch being integrated into Amazon Music, I think that's the answer to connecting your your socials to your streaming to your streaming uh, platform. You know, because in Twitch you can put your little you know uh, socials like uh, icons and stuff, and mm -hmm. yeah, that would be a great. I mean, you you're giving me so many ideas. Right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's consistency. You know, I, I know that mm. that word is used a lot, and some artists are obviously tired of being told be consistent, do more, mm -hmm. yeah. but you know, I mean, it doesn't just have to relate to putting out music. Um, you know, between releases, you can go live on Twitch once a week, every other week. Just tell people when and, you know, you can connect with them and it doesn't have to always be music. It could be a conversation, playing games, whatever it is. I mean, logic, um, he goes live on Twitch and plays games and just hangs out. You know, sometimes people will say, you got new music coming out? Yeah. You know, but um, you get to be yourself and, you know, fans get to know you more personally and feel more connected with you as well. And what's great about that is that, you know, when touring wasn't an option for a lot of artists, they missed the opportunity to look out into that crowd and see who was there and how they were reacting. Um, whereas with live streaming, not just Twitch, but all of these platforms, you can stop at the end of the song and go how's everyone doing you know where are you where are you from right now what are you up to and people can be typing and they can be calling you out by your name and asking you mm -hmm. you know what what do you mean your car broke down today tell me more about that and you you imagine if you were at a concert and the artist at the end of the song was like yeah you know who had a bad day today what happened tell me about it you know yeah. like do you have pets like you can't do that um, at a concert. So you can really connect with your fans. And, um, you know, I, it's just, it, it's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I guess to, to say to say a positive that came from the last few years with the pandemic, I, I definitely appreciate live streaming a lot more than I did before because of the ability to have that connection that we may never have found before. Um, you know, even in a meet and greet, you're lucky if you get to talk to the artist for more than 15 seconds while you take a photo and get an autograph. Now yeah. they will recognize you when you show up in the chat, you know, each week. Um, so, yeah, I hope that that continues. And I hope that there's, you know, with voice as well, there's more opportunities uh, for artists to directly talk to their fans moving forward as well. For sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's a direct connection. I mean, even saying the 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 audience member's um, username, <laughs> that for the oh, for yeah. that person would be like, 
the day and the month you would make the day and the month i guess for them yeah it's, it's a different it's a different thing it's a different way to connect but i think it definitely it's a better and more uh, personal way to connect I, I i believe so yeah it's pretty good it's pretty pretty good and uh, in in your in your podcast, uh, do you do you talk a lot about your book, or what are the topics that you do you want to touch in your podcast? Yeah, so when I first launched it, I was all about doing long form conversations and interviews, and then mm -hmm. I realized that the editing was stressing me out. I was tr <laughs> I was going for a perfection. I was going for like a, a polished audiobook feel, um, you know, to the point where I almost wanted to script them so i knew what i was going to say and mm. it was just stressing me out so then i looked at you know I, I, we talk about gary vaynerchuk a lot but i looked at some of his podcasts where i realized it's not the greatest audio quality but the content was so valuable and i didn't care that there was dogs barking in the background trucks going past i was just hooked and so i just started using anchor um, which is what I use for my podcasts. Mm -hmm. I see, I see you celebrating <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, and um, I had the app, and I just went, "Screw it! I know what I want to talk about. I'm going to go for a walk." And I would just record while I was walking, and there'd be background noise. A truck would walk past. I'd just ignore. I, 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 a truck would drive past. Trucks don't walk here. Um, and I would I acknowledge really it. I'd be like, "Hey, that was a big truck," and you know, <laughs> or that was a loud plane that flew over, or whatever. I just keep going and I realized the response was so much better because it was real. It was like, oh, you know, it wasn't polished. There were arms, there were R's. It's mm -hmm. clear that you stopped to think about it. There was noise, there were things happening, but it felt like I was on a walk with you and we were having a conversation. And I realized that's what I need to do. Just press record, one take, and stop it as soon as I'm done talking. And so I managed to get it down to less than five minutes per episode. Um, and I would just do it as one topic and then I would just put it out and it actually became fun to do again. You know, I certainly appreciated and enjoyed doing the conversations with people, but then the weeks after that of stressing out about making it perfect, um, was just too much. So that's the format now. And what I put in there is it could be something that changed recently. You know, when Amazon and Twitch had that integration, I did, I did a quick episode where I talked mm -hmm. about that, how an artist can set it up and the benefits of that for an artist. Um, you know, obviously in my own words, instead of what you would get in a press release from Amazon. So, you know, it was more, I'm an artist. I did this myself. Um, and then there might be ones where it's almost like a rant, um, you know, an artist gets taken advantage of and buys mm. streams. And then I have to go on an episode about why an artist should not do that. Um, but yeah, you know, nothing's really off limits. You know, if yeah. there's, there's things that some people are scared to talk about and I just say, well, you know, if we talk about it, we could protect someone else from that happening. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and let, let's just look out for each other, you know, instead of trying to call out a certain company that is doing something wrong, when hundreds of companies will continue doing that, let's just educate everyone on how to best avoid these and protect themselves. So, yeah, you know, that's kind of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you said exactly. I mean, those, those companies are going to fall by themselves if we are educated enough to not work with them. 
you know yeah. it's like not yeah it's the opposite of calling him out but I, I i saw that some of the episodes are even like two minutes long no or two minutes and 16 minutes i saw one and i was like i was like scrolling down and i was like oh this is weird and i and i thought then this is just like a it's just like a way for uh, like an audio way to just share your thoughts and i thought it was a, a, a great idea i mean now that you mentioned gary vaynerchuk i mean peyton knows that i always mentioned him like i, I also saw a video of him where, where he's like in in a video call with with someone and they're talking about you know all, all of his videos are super valuable but they're talking about a, a specific thing about their business and uh, then the connection gets lost the inner gets lost. like she she freezes and then gary's like what the hell is going on don't 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 cut he says don't cut and like no the conversation is still going and i thought the same thing you thought this is exactly what i should do don't yep. don't don't edit it don't do anything it doesn't matter like my my room here is super super reverberate like i you can probably hear it but i just didn't care that, that the content has to come out no you know yeah definitely and i mean you know we've live streams and things like that as well like there's been times where I'll be on mute and uh. I'll be talking and people will be <laughs> laughing and I just say, yeah, let's leave it in. You know, we're human. Like um, sometimes those are the most memorable moments. And, <laughs> you know, it, one thing a really good friend told me, um, he said that, you know, and this sort of relates more to conversations in general, but he said, people won't always remember everything that you talked about, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. So if they listen to that podcast, they watch that video and they learn something from it and they laugh and they find it entertaining, they remember that. They don't remember 80% of the other stuff you spoke about, but they're going to come back. You know, the same in real life. You know, if, if we met and we had a coffee and I was very monotone and not enthusiastic at all and didn't really show an interest in you and you know you would remember that you wouldn't even remember the conversation but if it was the other way around and we were like you know basically high-fiving at the end and laughing mm -hmm. and didn't want it to end and went 15 minutes overtime like we are today you know then you go okay that went well we had a great time you know Carlos and Peyton we had a great time yeah you know, I, I remember laughing and I you know I want to do that again so um yeah i, I sure. don't know how i went down that angle but <laughs> no 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 it's totally fine because it's, it's, it's totally cool because I, I remember like um when i was thinking about doing this this podcast like i didn't know what to talk about and i said well it, it'll, it'll just flow naturally and whenever i ask someone to be a guest or if they ask me uh, they asked me, "Hey, man, do you have? Do I need to prepare some answers? Do I need to? Do you have some a list of questions that you want to send me beforehand?" And I'm like, "No." no. It, I, I told him, "Like, no, it's totally fine. It's just a conversational, it's a conversational podcast. If we get into music and into the details, it's fine, you know. Like, yeah. but if we don't, if we don't, it's also fine. Like, like remember, for example, two episodes ago, we started talking about um, about New Girl, this this show, and we were just oh, talking yeah. about New Girl and <laughs> serious. We did, and that's, and that's another thing that I discovered later in in podcast when I saw a podcast episode of I can't remember the name of the comedian, but he had a Sal Volcano from the Impractical Jokers, um, and they were talking about the best the best uh, fast food restaurants or their favorite fast food restaurants. And I was like, dude, I was like, first my first reaction was like, seriously. We're gonna go about what the best French fries are, and 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 I was like, and then I was like, 
But for me, are McDonald's. And for me, in and out, and I started to give out my opinions, and I was like hooked on the on the on the topic, and then I realized we can talk about anything on the podcast because yeah. it's about the people, you know, that are inside, you know. So yeah, I just I, I don't know why I went on that angle either as well, but I, you get excited yeah. about this stuff. I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean, we we all. I mean, most of us, we, we either love to be part of a conversation or we just love to listen, you know, you know, and um, it's interesting. You made a really good point earlier that you could have a conversation with someone for 30 minutes or an hour and not even mention what you wanted to ask them about, whether it was a favor or something <laughs> like that. But then you can be sure that if that conversation went great, they're going to remember that and remember you. You send them an email they're going to instantly remember how you made them feel in that conversation when they see that email and they might actually open it before they open other emails. So, yeah, you know, it's, um, I know, I know we kind of went deep in this, like with, um, you know, realizing it, it's a person on the other end, a human being that mm -hmm. could help you, but you, you know, you need to look at them as a human, not as just someone that works for you. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting um, that sometimes you just need to tell someone that, and then they realize, and then they go, "Wow, you know, I um, I could probably change how I send those DMs or write those emails now." Yeah, and and to me, it's it's kind of surprising that that it's not their first thought. I mean, I, I because for me, and I'm not razzing or anything like that. Just 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 giving my opinion, but. For me, it doesn't make sense to reach out to someone if I don't have any any connections with them. You know, it, it just it, it I don't know. Like even with 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 guests in the podcast, like I try to at least acknowledge their work. You know, like okay, you know, like and it was and then if like just to form a connection and and I, that's I think that would that would be a great way to approach me. If if anyone wants to have me in the podcast, nah, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But uh, but yeah, like I would want to be approached like that. Like hit me with some, you know, you know, something that I did with my work or or something that you like about my work, because that's cool. Like when you get recognized, it's cool. You know, you 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 get more open, I guess, with people. That's for me. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, I. I've seen some emails where, um, you know, the person has completely misidentified the other person as well. You know, we're, we're talking pronouns, gender, and a quick look at that person's profile. Most likely you would find that out, you know, in the profile. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you clearly don't know who this person truly is you know, okay, you got their name, great, but you don't know who they are. Like, how hard is it to address them correctly? So, um, you know, it's, it's, one of, it's one of those things where it's like, um, you know, I mean, we, you could be a very kind-hearted person. You could be very aware. You could always be, you know, thinking of everyone else, but, you know, it's just something that's just slipping your mind because we go into autopilot sending DMs and all of a sudden mm -hmm. we can see heartless or um or you know something else so you know um just take that time and breathe when we're doing this outreach um because 
it, it's really hard to bounce back if if you um send a message to someone that's you know not correct or um could potentially offend them as well so um yeah yeah you want to maximize your 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 probability of that person replying to you back uh, replying back to you because and and i mean if you, if you are reaching out to a person you want to work with my assumption is because you already know so much about them so it, it is only natural that you feel like a you feel compelled to re be respectful of them and of their time and and of their work and and at least com like write something that is coherent and short like you said short and sweet mm -hmm. and to the point and giving a value prop yeah for sure yeah well man um i guess thank you very much michael mike for being in and here in the podcast we really appreciate it i mean I'm, I'm like right now i'm super happy that we're having this conversation it feels really good and i, and I like these episodes when when things feel really good because we've had a couple of, of them like and, and, th and this one is like feeling it has that feeling when i feel like okay we have a podcast you know uh, <laughs> yeah um, but thank you thank you for taking the time thank you mike seriously and yeah, we really hope to have you again yes well it's my pleasure and you know i mean after the recording stops you know we we can continue this the, oh my gosh we can continue this conversation anytime you know i mean um i would have had the same conversation with both of you if we weren't recording you know and um i love having conversations you know um sometimes i wish some more were recorded because of the you know the gold that happens in the moment um but you know, I, I thank you both for putting the podcast together and spending the time doing this and for inviting me on. I mean, what an honor. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> likewise. And if you ever want to be on, if you have something going on, if you want to use uh, the podcast as a promotional tool, you're super welcome to do so. And if you just want to, you know, we're thinking about having minisodes. If you want to be part of a minisode and, 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 uh, and just talk about a quick rant or something <laughs> you can always you can always use uh the the podcast is your podcast as well then. yeah thank you i mean i don't really have anything to sell i i have a full-time day job and um obviously i put out the book and audio book i mean most most libraries you can borrow the book from um the audio book is free on a lot of sites so mm -hmm. if you want to check it out go for it um but yeah outside of that i mean i i just love giving back and helping so um you know if if you're interested in hearing the occasional rant and um short videos of me just talking about something and geeking out you know you can find me on socials at ask mike warner and streamline is the name of the podcast right it is yes. okay streamline cool. okay and you can find it on spotify apple music amazon music and okay perfect so for those who are listening, you can you now know where to find Mike. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, thanks a lot, man. And and, and we'll continue to chat in, in the DMs, Instagram stuff, and for sure. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks, Peyton. You're welcome. Have a great yeah, one. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Carlos and Peyton as part of the Molinar Music Podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed listening to that. Thank you so much to Carlos and Peyton for giving me permission to upload this as part of my podcast so that I can share it with all of you. If you enjoy what you heard, I highly encourage you to go and check out their podcast, give them a follow, show them some love. It's a very it's a very strong podcast. I've had some great conversations. There's roughly about 20 episodes out there right now, so there's plenty to listen to. Check it out. Um, as for this podcast, Streamline with Mike Warner, watch this space. Lots more to come real soon. Thank you for subscribing, and we'll see you in the next episode.